Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Countdown to Infinity. It is episode 15 this evening, or today, or this afternoon, or this morning, or I guess whatever time you happen to be listening to this podcast. We are going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 today. I'm very excited. This is a good movie. Uh, I am James, and I am joined, of course, by uh, Martin Scorsese. Oh, wow. Really? Scorsese's here? No, I just, that was the first director that came to my mind, which is weird because I'm li- literally looking at the Wikipedia article for Guardians of the Galaxy, and I can see James's, James Gunn's name right here. And you went you to know, he, Scorsese. And I went to Scorsese for some reason. Uh, but yeah, no, Scorsese, not not actually here. Maybe, maybe in the next episode? Man, that'd be sweet. If we right? get a celebrity guest like Martin yeah. Scorsese, just like... As our first a, podcast guest, yeah, as our no, as our first and only ever podcast guest, we get for some reason Martin Scorsese, somebody who has nothing to do with the MCU, as far as we know. As far as we know, I suppose. I, you know what? If I if I learned tomorrow that you know any Marvel movie was going to any Marvel movie was going to be directed by Scorsese, I'd be like. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Sure. I would like. I would like to see that movie. Um, I'm trying to think of which cause... which Marvel property would be the best fit for Scorsese. I don't even know. Well, I mean, like announcing Moon Girl <sighs> and Devil Dinosaur, directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, that's a good point. We so I was uh, just is completely unrelated to anything to do with the MCU, but uh, I was away at uh, GP Seattle this last weekend um and i got talking with a few of my friends down there about martin scorsese it's probably why he first came to my mind to be honest probably um uh and i did i didn't want to give that part away it ruins the mad the podcast magic anyways we got to talking and uh basically it was uh you know your your top three scorsese films so let's hear him matt oh god what are your now i have to think of three scorsese films um, oh, can 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 you not think of three Scorsese of films? Head? Okay, so more, most recently, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, is uh, very good. Hugo, Shutter Island, Hugo was uh, very good. The The Departed, The Aviator, Gangs of New York, and that's about it for the two thousands. And then we're getting into yeah. like Casino, Cape Fear, uh, Goodfellas. See, I um, I'm gonna get. If I try to name my favorite Scorsese films, I'm probably going to get heckled by our audience because I've only seen like a portion of his filmography and that portion of his filmography is not exactly comprehensive. All right, um, that's but, fair. But like I've seen the The Departed, it's really good. I've seen Hugo, it's really good. I've seen Wolf Wolf of Wall Street, it's really good. I've seen Silence, it's not really good. Um I've seen Taxi Driver. It was yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it was so right. So I mean, Taxi Driver is uh, a. Uh, I'm looking at. His, I'm just on the Wikipedia page for his filmography. Uh, is his highest rating Rotten Tomato score is Taxi Driver. Yeah, ninety nine percent. I it is not my favorite Scorsese film. No, uh, that goes to Goodfellas, which I have. Goodfellas seen. is you haven't seen Goodfellas? Uh, yeah, see now I'm see now you've put what? me in a corner cuz not only no, are you fine. heckling me our, no, our audience I'm, is going to heckle no. me too. I I'm not heckling you. Audience, do not heckle Matt. <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity. 
Um, going forward, audience, here's what I want you to do when somebody says they haven't heard or seen or played a piece of incredibly popular media that you can't believe they haven't haven't experienced. Don't say, how have you never done that? I Like, you're an idiot for not ever seeing this. It's a bad idea. Be like, I envy you because you get to experience that for the first time, and I highly recommend it. Matt, yeah, that's, a, that's a you, good way to do you, it. You, you 100% in the next few days need to sit down and watch Goodfellas because it is not only is it my favorite Scorsese film of all time, it easily ranks in the top 10 movies, top 10 of my personal favorite movies of mm. all time. That, that I've is seen a, it, a high I, praise for that yeah, film. I, I have seen it literally dozens of times at this point, I think, in my life. It is really, really good. It is it is one of the best gangster, sort of like gangster films. Um, you know, I personally put it above like The Godfather and stuff like that. I, I love Which this I movie. Which I also it's, haven't seen. Uh, you're not helping your case here, Matt. I, I you're know. making it harder for me to be nice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's fine. I, it's funny. It. I mean, this is like I, I would consider you um, a, a, a lover of film, and and there are holes in even people like yours, um, movie going experiences. Absolutely, that are 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 hard to explain, and that's the same for when it comes to music or video games or books. Sometimes there are just, you know, what I've never done. I've really almost never played a single final Final Fantasy game. Like, ever. Yep. Like, I haven't played any Final Fantasy game in the last 20 years, and I maybe played a little bit of Final Fantasy 3 back in high school with, like, Bill, Morgan, and Alan. If it's any consolation, over the past 10 years, you haven't really been missing out on much. (laughs) Yeah. Over the past 10 years, Matt has just been playing Final Fantasy whatever over and over again. Over and over again, or hate playing Final Fantasy 8. Um, yes, exactly. Which which I put myself through periodically. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk about this movie. Um, yes, we are now that course... we're eight minutes in. Let's actually start the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's chat about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, this movie came out not even a year ago. What? Let that one sink in. This movie came out May fifth, two thousand seventeen. This movie is not even a year old yet. Wow. I was Which, shocked when I like pulled the the Blu-rays out of my case uh today to realize that I only actually own one more Blu-ray in this entire franchise and that like I mean, you know Black Panther I'm going to have to go see in theaters in order to to watch it before uh uh Infinity War comes out. But it was like, you know, pulled this out, pulled Spider-Man out and then was like Oh, there's only Thor left. Do you even own Thor? Yeah, I do. I picked it up on okay. on its release you, day. When that must have been fairly recently, though. It was. It was a couple of weeks back, like yeah. mid February. Um, yeah. They announced today, I think, the Black Panther release date, or like earlier this week, which is the right. second week of May, um, and the first week of May is digital. So interesting. Yeah. See, I totally thought they would have tried to push for the digital release um, the last week of April. Yeah. So as every movie would be viewable in somebody's home uh some way whether that be via physical media or digital services. Yeah. Um I I, but get I guess the they just could could make it happen. Yeah, or, I I get I the know. sense that the pressure wasn't on and then when uh like when Black Panther went on to be the 
third highest grossing film in cinema history. Uh, the pressure came <laughs> yeah. off even further. But originally, of course, Infinity War had been scheduled to come out in the first week of May. Um, right, yep. And if Black Panther had been scheduled to go uh, digital the first week of May and physical the second week of May at that time, um, yep. they like they knew already that they were going to sell out theaters for the entire first week run of this movie, whether they had it out on, on home media or not. Like, getting it out is not going to get more butts in seats for that first few days. Um, but the people who would pick it up, like who didn't get to go see it in theaters, but would pick it up in the first week would potentially um, continue the box office draw mm-hmm. of infinity war as people, because they like, if they released it right on the heels, it's like, Oh, infinity war is out. I should go check out black Panther. Oh, black Panther's out. Okay, cool. Let's watch it on like iTunes or whatever. And I'll book my ticket for infinity war two weeks from now. Um, and that may have been their strategy. I don't yep, know if that's, that's a good true. strategy, but I'm just speculating. Uh, yeah, like they, they didn't need more interest on release day. They need more interest in week two and three, particularly with yeah. Deadpool coming right on its heels. That's true. I did um, double check last night as I was watching Spider-Man um, to make sure that Black Panther was actually still going to be in theaters. Mm. Um, when So um, actually really quickly before we, we get into this, um, because this is going to be we're like we're tail end here. Um, this episode is coming out on the 15th of April. Um, we're recording on the 11th, and we're actually recording this and Spider-Man tonight with the intention of uh, this one's coming out on Sunday. Um, if you're listening to this uh, on the Sunday or the Monday, you're going to get the Spider-Man ep- episode on Wednesday, the 18th. Yep. Um, and then on the 22nd, you're going to get Thor Ragnarok, and on the 25th, you're going to get black panther so um i think both um because ashley and i have been watching all these movies together just in preparation for obviously this podcast but also for seeing infinity war um i double checked to make sure that black Black panther panther is going to be in theaters on sunday and or monday yeah i'm planning like the 15th or 16th yeah i'm gonna so we're gonna go it is still playing and it still will be playing on the 16th um, not only is it still playing it's still playing in vip in vancouver oh, damn. so wow. i mean provided it doesn't drop out of vip in the next four days i i should still be able to go see it in style nice that's sweet um so yeah i'm pretty excited i just love the fact that this last movie that we're going to be doing for this podcast <clears throat> or the, i guess the last two movies obviously we're going to be seeing in quote theaters, unquote which last is... movie Yes, that's fair. If you if you don't remember in the last episode, we did announce or come to the conclusion that this podcast would live on for as uh, long as we do. As, for as long as well, as long as we do, because I'm pretty sure that Marvel will continue to Marvel and Disney will continue to make these movies well after that after Matt and I die. Yeah, uh, in like 100 or 200 years, because we're gonna live for a long, long time. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, as long as they're making mortal uh, Marvel movies, there's no conceivable way I'm gonna let myself die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't miss out. Um, so yeah, we're 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 gonna keep going with this podcast. It will become a like three time a year podcast, more or less. Um, but I'm two okay t- with two that. Two time a year next year, isn't it? Because they like the schedule went up to three into the end of of uh, phase three, but they haven't actually like. There's a one year or like almost a one year gap currently speculated after uh, Avengers four. 
because they uh, like they don't know they're like nothing else has been scheduled and the 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 filming schedules for things that will come out after Avengers 4 like nothing has been spun up yet. I don't know. Like what what's coming out cuz it's what comes out after Infinity War. So it's things we know for sure are coming after Infinity War are Guardians of the Galaxy 3, um Spider-Man Homecoming 2. So and, yeah, and so that's cur- it. The, like the, so, literally those are the only two things that we know are happening for sure. Well, so currently um I'm looking at the the article here. Um, we've got Infinity War in a few weeks, yeah. and then we've got Ant Man and the Wasp in July. Yeah, and then um, Captain Marvel around my birthday the following year. Captain Captain Marvel in March of next year. Uh, the fourth Avengers film in May. This has the second Spider Man coming out in July 5th of 2019. Oh, okay. So so that one's that, pretty quick. So they are saying three films next year, and then Guardians Volume Three in 2020. Uh, but that's it. There's yeah. nothing after that. Those I'm, are the only movies that are currently, I think, completely and utterly like known entities. Yeah, so. I'm. I would speculate that Spider-Man is going to drop back because if I could, like, if I could see that. I, I don't see them doing three movies like in February and then May and then July and leaving November empty. Yeah, that's fair. But I also don't see them spinning up a fourth movie between now and then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, there could there there very easily could be something uh, on the books that we just don't know. About yeah, yet, I mean, right? Like, we'll come back to this after, like, during Ant Man, which is I by that point maybe D twenty three will have happened, and we'll have the yeah. like announcements for all the new Marvel slate. Yeah, um, but yeah. Who knows? I'm I am definitely looking forward to Comic Con and D twenty three this year, though. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah I, I think we're definitely going to learn a lot about where this franchise is going because there's going to be a lot of a lot of questions, especially after after Infinity War. But yeah, all right, <clears throat> all right. Now, now we're, we're at like 15, fifteen minutes in. Let's start yeah, the fifteen podcast. minutes. Let's actually start the podcast. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, release May 5th, 2017. This is uh, directed once again by James Gunn. Um, it is starring all your favorites from the old movie. Uh, also bringing in, um, we've got, uh, obviously, Kurt Russell yep. as as Ego, as the the big baddie. Um, we've got Sylvester Stallone uh, for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, no, no, I, the, I the, um, the character's played by... Uh, Sylvester Stallone and I cannot remember the name, of it, but the other Ravagers, like the team of Ravagers, are the, that's like a reference to the original Guardians of the Galaxy team, right? From the comics, so they they hired like famous people to do most of those roles. So like Sylvester Stallone is one of them. Michelle Yeoh is one of them, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, who's the um, Ving Rhames well, I mean- was one of them. Um, yeah, Vin Rames, and then you have uh, freaking Miley Cyrus. Oh, that's right. Frame. Yeah, and yeah, because uh, yeah, there were the two CG. Oh, and the one like Ice Alien, and I don't remember who played the Ice Alien guy. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, is that right? I'm just looking at the article right now. Uh, he played Martinex. I think that's it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so yeah, there, there, there's all those folks. Um, who else we've got? We've got um, uh, Palm 
Clementif, who plays um, excuse me, Is that Mantis. <coughs> Mantis. Mantis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cough, not a, I don't know what her name is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, she's playing Mantis. And then uh, who plays, um, uh, what's her name? This one. Aisha? Uh, Aisha, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki. Debicki. Yeah, Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, yeah. De- Debicki or Debicki, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we got Pratt and Saldana, Batista, Vin Diesel. Bradley uh, Cooper. Back as, back as Groot, Bradley yeah. Cooper, Michael Rooker. Playing, um, I would say, a significantly, I mean, certainly a much more important role uh, in this one. Yeah, it was weird they recast him as Mary Poppins in this film, though. I know. That's a good goof, though. Uh, yeah, but it is. Goofs are, we're, we're a long ways from goofs. Um, <laughs> that was a goof of my own. God, this, uh, this is a yeah. good movie, though. Karen Gillan uh, yeah. in it. Karen Gillan um, is back. Sean Gunn is back. Um, brother, brother, brother of James, James Gunn, Gunn. I believe. I believe Again, given a bigger role in this movie. Yeah, and I pr- I would presume an even bigger role in the third movie, considering where we know, end up where, end up at the end of this where one. We end, yeah, where we end at the end of this one. Yeah, so. um, and then also briefly, um, I had his name Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> very briefly in the end credits, but only in the end credits. Yes. Yeah. No, that's pretty good. That but, uh, yeah, that that counts. He gets screen time during the film. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, no, this is a man. This is a good movie. Um, I I know that. I think I I feel like expectations were actually not uh, were pr- were were pretty high for this one because I think everybody was just shocked at how good the first one was. Yeah, uh, I I re- like I'm sure we t- I don't even remember what we talked about in this podcast already because it, it feels like it's so long ago. Um, but uh, the first one was definitely like the biggest gamble that they were about to take like Iron Man, you know, Spider-Man. Sure. These are all known quantities and, and people understand and, and have a history of the, these comic book heroes, but guardians of the galaxy, this, this is like, this is deep cut territory, even for like, you know, well, for, for Marvel at the time. Yeah. 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 For Marvel at the time. And for non comic book type people, you know, guardians of the galaxy is kind of a weird sell. Um, and I mean, even going with like Chris Pratt, who at the time was not as huge as he has become because of this movie, because of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I I really like this film. It's really good. Um, it is. But but let's uh, let's actually recap what the heck happens in this film first. I don't remember. A lot happens in this movie, and you made me watch a second film after it, between then and now. Um, <clears throat> I didn't make you. We had to. I know. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, it was you that scheduled recording both episodes on the one day. Um, well, yeah, because it's way easier to schedule that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying it's hard. <clears throat> okay, so okay. movie opens. The Guardians of the Galaxy are on the planet Sovereign. Um, they are uh, waiting for a monster that they've been told is going to come and attack. Uh, and they are you know the monster shows up and they defend against it the monster is attacking because it wants some batteries that it feeds on um and uh and yeah so they defend it uh they meet the leader of the uh the sovereign aisha um and uh you know they talk to her and she thanks them basically and sends them on their way uh but rocket along the way just because he's rocket steals some of the batteries 
Uh, we learn as they're discussing with Aisha that the previous person who stole some batteries died. Um, it w- was executed more accurately. So they fly away. Of course, the Sovereign discover the batteries and a fight breaks out as the the Sovereign uh, dispatch all of their drone ships to make an example of the Guardians of the Galaxy and, uh, and kill them all. Uh, as they're escaping, um, Rocket and... Uh, Star Lord get into a a like pissing contest over who can fly the ship better. They end up crashing the ship, but they are rescued uh, by a, a mysterious white ship that wipes out the entire drone fleet of the Sovereign in one blast, and then follows them to where they crash land on a planet nearby. Um, the the ship lands and out comes a character we have not seen before, played by Kurt Russell, who explains to Star Lord that he is his father. So uh, everybody's you know all the Guardians of the Galaxy are mad at each other, but uh, Peter and Gamora and Drax head off with uh, with Ego, um, Peter's dad, to to go back to his planet and learn about. Uh, p- where Peter's like family history goes, and uh, Rocket stays behind with Baby Groot to repair uh, the Milano or the Milano Two or whatever it is now. Um, the Rocket is attacked by uh, the Ravagers who have chased, uh, who have picked up a contract to um, uh, locate the Guardians of the Galaxy and bring them back to the Sovereign, uh, but. Uh, in the ensuing battle, uh, man, I, I'm losing the plot, plot thread already. So the the Ravagers show up. They try to capture the Guardians of the Galaxy. Most of the Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, are already gone. Uh, they do manage to capture uh, Rocket and Groot. Um, the Guardians at this point have uh, uh, Nebula in their possession because that was what they wanted from... Uh, in exchange for defending the sovereign, so they got they got Nebula as a, a prisoner exchange after defending the sovereign. Um, they are captured by the the Ravagers, um, but Yondu uh, notes that well, you know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna turn over the Guardians of the Galaxy and let them be executed. They're the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, at which point, a mutiny occurs within the crew of the Ravagers, uh, leading to all of the loyal. Uh, loyal Ravagers to Yondu being uh, airlocked and uh, and Yondu ending up in a prison cell with Rocket. And uh, Nebula takes a ship from the Ravagers, uh, having now turned these, uh, you know, the, the Guardians and, and Yondu over over the Ravagers and, and let Taserface take over the, the lead of the Ravagers. And she heads off to go find uh, the planet of Ego and uh, take revenge on Gamora because that's where Gamora is. <sighs> Still with me? <laughs> uh, so back on Ego's planet, uh, we learned that uh, Peter is a half-human, half-celestial being, and that Ego himself is a essentially a manifestation of the consciousness at the center of the planet Ego. And uh, that he has essentially godlike powers of creation, and uh, uh, that Peter also possesses this power, and that he he tracked like he created Peter and has since tracked him down um, because he he learned uh, that you know he he wanted to to 
he had this plan for the universe that he wasn't able to sustain on his own. And uh, he, he decided back in the past that if he, if there was another celestial that could work with him, um, that their combined power would be enough to execute the plan that he had for him, like uh, for the universe. So uh, Peter starts learning about the various powers that he's got. Um, meanwhile, Drax uh, gets to know Mantis, who's like, Ego's pet slash personal servant slash slave person, um, and uh, and Gamora basically hangs out, sort of serving as counsel to to Peter um, as he's sort of working through uh, his his daddy issues and so on. Um, Nebula shows up, uh, tries to get in a fight with Gamora. Um, we get some character development about those two characters as we learn that you know. Uh, Gamora always winning, and uh, you know they, they were both uh, like abused by Thanos and pitted against each other in fights. Um, and G Gamora continuing to to win led to uh, Nebula being disassembled and rebuilt as a half robot, half being, um, or as like a cyborg. And uh, they ultimately get some resolution where it's like, well, you know, Gamora was just trying to survive, and she thought the way to do that was to to always win. Um, but she didn't really consider that in doing that she was leading to the, like, the abuse of, of Nebula. So there's a little bit of, like, um, you know, they they sort of resolve some of their issues with each other over the course of that subplot. Um, Peter learns that Ego... So, uh, Mantis, having sort of befriended Drax, tries to tell Drax that Ego is not all he seems. Um, at the same time, uh, Yondu tells uh, Rocket that Ego is kind of a dick. Um, and Peter learns from Ego that Ego's plan for the galaxy was to basically uh, overrun all the planets in the galaxy with himself uh, and assimilate the, the essentially all life in the galaxy into Ego. Um, so... At this point, everybody shows up on Planet Ego. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy all team up to stop Ego from completing his plan. Um, a big fight ensues. They blow up Ego's brain. Um, Yondu sacrifices himself to save Peter. And uh, in so doing, um, redeems himself in the eyes of the other Ravager crews, who had previously excommunicated him from the Ravagers for dealing in... Uh, like child trafficking um, in in the case of Peter um, but you know they they learned that in fact he the the child trafficking that he did uh, was in fact to keep uh, ego from getting Peter and destroying the galaxy and that he has sort of like redeemed himself by saving Peter in the end so they give him a uh, a proper ravager send-off at the end of the movie uh, like a proper ravager funeral and the Guardians uh, essentially fly off into the sunset, uh, having saved the galaxy yet again. Having guarded the galaxy yet again would have been a better way to state that. But now Don't it's worry, too late. I'll, no, I'll edit it out. It's fine. You're, you're good. All right. <laughs> do you actually believe Not even a little bit, that? no. <laughs> you're going to clip the front uh, and whatever like meandering catawampus we put at the end and just ship the middle of the podcast with the theme song. I mean, more or less, but 
maybe I do mean, some audio equalization. Yeah, I do that. And I have to like synchronize, yeah, have to the, synchronize audio. the audio. Look, man, it takes me a good like three and a half to four minutes to get this podcast, you know, done. And yet it's and then like and yet it's late and then, every like, single week. Uh, was it late this week? <laughs> well <laughs> No. It came out on went... Sunday. Yeah. At like nine what PM. Did... So it was Sunday yeah, well, for us. I was a little busy, but it was it was up on Sunday. I'm just giving you a hard time, James. We, we don't have a hard, hard, you know, go online time. It goes up on Sunday, and sometimes it About doesn't. About 50% of the time. And and it's fine. Anyways, <laughs> all right, let's, let's, let's start talking about this movie. That was, a good, uh, that was a good recap. Yeah, I think I mostly got it's like, it. It's like I was right there watching the movie with you. I appreciate that um, you could... Just as easily just, like, read the plot synopsis off of Wikipedia. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I'm staring at it, but I, I do try to, like... I do try you, not you, to read it because I don't want to just plagiarize the Wikipedia article. Um, that's fair. So, I mean, the Wikipedia article is just plagiarizing the movie, though. Well, right? I know, but I, I do try <laughs> to put it in my own words. And I do try not to, like, use the same wording or that's ordering i mean you also the, go, like, you also go a little you go a little deeper sometimes yeah um uh, the one thing i forgot page. i'm realizing is like all of the disparate groups in the movie uh discover that ego is bad in their own way right so i i had yeah. um that like yondu tells rocket and i had that ego tells peter and i had that mantis tells drax i forgot that uh gamora and nebula just find the cave full of bones yeah which is a really great reveal yes it is um but yeah which which is the first way we learn that he's bad uh like well, we the, obviously know that going in that like he's he's the bad, the bad guy. guy yeah um but we don't know exactly why I, he's the bad as guy. i recall the first in indication is mantis being like i have something to tell you about ego <laughs> right but i guess what's the first like is it is it the cave where we first are like, oh damn, this dude has killed a lot of people. <laughs> yes, I think I think that is more or less the like, yeah. oh, it's... this guy's not just unsettling; he's also yeah. extremely evil. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so you like this movie though? I, I do. Mean, that's a dumb question. To yeah, ask, but yeah, I actually this one's really good. I, I like this movie better than the first one. I also like this movie better than the first one. I um, think this movie is a better movie than the th- than the first one as well. Yeah, I I do too. Um, yeah. I think this movie. So the first one had to do a lot of groundwork, just setting the tone of the universe that it took place in, and introducing all the characters and getting buy in on like who they are. Um, and it did. It was spent so much time laying groundwork that it didn't really in my opinion, have a lot of time to develop the characters a lot. You get a little bit, like, there's a good arc there. You know, it's about them coming together and finding a family among each other. Um, But this movie does so much with those characters. Now that they're, like, established and just assume that you know who these characters are and what they're like and what their problems are, that it just... It just splits them into groups and is like, all right, we're going to deal with all of your problems in this film. So, you know, Rocket and Yondu facing off and be like Rocket being forced to contend with the fact that he um, he's he's like basically constantly pushing people away because he's like afraid to get close to them. Um, And uh, like there's there's some 
of like Drax sort of continuing to to get used to his, or you know some exploration of the loss of his family. Um, there's like Gamora and Nebula and their whole like and Peter and Ego to and Peter and Yondu to an certain extent. Like the one of the major themes in this is like abusive parents and uh, what that does to people and the, like the trauma it inflicts on people um, and how that sort of like echoes through their lives. And so you get there, like, there's a ton of development. Uh, and I mean, even even Rocket has some of that, because, like, one of the reasons that he doesn't trust people is because of how he was made and, the like, the pain and trauma that that inflicted on him. Um, so, like, I don't know. This movie does so much with, with theme and characters, and, and it still holds together as, like, uh, like a well like there's there's so much going on in this movie as well multiple plot lines happening across uh multiple uh locations and multiple groups of people um and yet it still holds together as this like tight narrative that actually like is really pretty cohesive um and coherent and like there there's no wasted scenes really in this movie everything just like it, it's just almost a perfectly executed film like it's really 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 good for how much is going on in it yeah no i i would agree with all of what you just said um do you like do do you think they um i so the visual sort of aspect of this movie Mm -hmm. um obviously continued on from what the first guardians did um i i did you did you did you want more from that or do you feel like they they hit the the visual aspect of this film sort of right on the head? I yeah, I think they nailed it in my opinion. Um there's a little less like galaxy jumping in this one. Like it it's less like you're on a planet, but it's a fancy planet. Um and but they they made up for it in like the sovereign are super cool. You get a really good sense for like how that society operates just from the the few scenes that the sovereign are in. Um, ego like ego's planet is neat, um, well designed, interesting. It's like this perfect utopia that is like again built on a a mantle of death. Um, there you know the forest planet is a forest planet, but the yeah. the like. Um, the like sort of Moss Eisley spaceport kind of area feels very like at home. It feels again kind of like nowhere, but like yeah, I guess that I guess that's what I was talking about is that the first one had um, that sort of reveal of nowhere and theor- and and nowhere is like the story behind nowhere is it is you know the remains of a celestial. Yeah. Right. It's the head, like <laughs> the selfish head, head of a celestial it is, being. It is, it is essentially what, you know, ego's planet, um, would theoretically turn into. Well, uh, maybe so, we, so, well, I mean, yeah, it, it depends on the celestial. Cause the, it's not necessarily implied that all celestials take the same form as ego. Right. Um, he fair. just happened to be a brain that, that was floating in space and formed a planet around him. But, but, Nowhere is straight up the head of a celestial that has been yeah. severed and is being mined for resources. I yeah, I, I really like that's just one of my favorite settings that that any of these movies have ever done. Like I really love the concept of nowhere 
And I guess I just didn't feel like this movie had something like that, that real, like this setting that really just sort of took my breath away. Like, you know, yeah, yeah as you said, everything was kind of neat. Ego's planet kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There just wasn't something like nowhere that really, um, really got me. Yeah, so. I think that's fair. Um, but that's, but like, I just... that's like only the only criticism I really have. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really have nothing like even a little bit bad to say about this one, which is tricky because it doesn't leave a whole lot to talk about. But yeah. I mean, um, there there are some criticisms you can level at the movie. Um, the movie is really mean to Mantis. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, it's 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 mean to Mantis because the only character who really interacts with her in a meaningful way is just sort of this mean guy. Well, right? like so Drax is just that. That's sort of where of I was a, where I was going to go. Is Drax isn't really mean to her <laughs> at least not intentionally so right like drax is well, drax is kind of a bumbling idiot in terms of his yes. personality and but like he you know maybe is sort of overblowing his jokes i guess is the is maybe how it plays at its worst where he's like you know oh i think you're repulsive um but it i don't know it like a lot of people are like oh drax is so mean to her but i don't really feel like he's trying to be mean i feel like he's trying to be like bantery and like ribbing um he's just really bad at it uh, that yeah, like that's I, how i read that interaction cuz it, 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 it's the, evident sorry i'm i'm cutting you off i realize but it's no, no, it's, no, for it's it. evident in the film that he likes like maybe maybe not romantically but that he he like he likes mantis and um, regards her as a friend. Um, like there, there's it, like what he's doing is he's trying to be affectionate. He's just really garbage at it. Um, yeah, he's not trying to be mean to her. Like he's not actually trying to like ruin her day. Um, but he's just an idiot. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not even that he's an idiot though. Like, right. Like in the first movie, they set him up, like his whole the the reason that he he interacts with people the way that he does is that he comes from a race of beings who take everything literally, right? Yes. That is that is his shtick. His his little hook is that he doesn't do like he doesn't get he doesn't do nuance. He just says whatever is in his mind and anything you tell him, he will just take literally. Right. And it and it feels like in this movie, they tried to make it seem like him spending time with these other characters has changed him. He is a, I would say he is a different character in this film than he was in the first film. Yes, right. I would agree with that. Um, and I don't, I don't personally think that the changes that they made to him and the evolution that his character took is was really in the in the best direction that they they could have taken because i think to the average moviegoer i think to the average person who who went and saw this film they just saw a guy who was a dick to yeah this person, and and just right? like being a dick to somebody who's already in a bad situation yeah um, and 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 i get that there's there's nuance there and i get that it's there's more than just him being a dick to this character even though he's not really being a dick he's just being drax this is who he is yeah um but I guess I mean, as the writer, as a director, you have you, you've made that choice. Yeah. Like 
you, you have made the choice to to write this character like this and maybe he shouldn't like i feel like there's a way to make him sort of the you know the bumbling kind of idiot person who it's hard to converse with because again he takes everything so literally but maybe he's sort of softened up over however much time has passed between this movie and the second movie um, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I to your own point, I feel like you're right. His character has developed between the last movie and this one. And um, a lot of, like, you've you've sort of helped me articulate this, I think. Uh, a lot of how his interactions with Mantis in this movie read are that as he's spent time with the Guardians of the Galaxy, he's sort of come to understand that insulting people or saying unflattering things about people is how you show friendship. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's clear that, I mean, with... with two of his you know two of his closest companions in rocket and quill these are two unbelievably sarcastic dickbags yeah right like their idea of of talking to their friends is by uh you know pointing out <laughs> all the shitty things about them right yeah like being a dick but in a loving you know being a dick in the way that um you know this person loves you you know this person respects you and you know that your friends this is just how they communicate with each other. And I mean, to be fair to like the movie and those characters, even Nebula calls them out. It's like you people basically hate, hate each other. Um, Yeah. But, but like, it makes sense in that context that Drax, who is trying to fit in and super literal about everything um, and not good with nuance uh, would basically, try to do that and not do a very good job of it, but not be malicious about it. And I, that's the thing. Like, I don't ever get the sense from Drax that he's being malicious with it, right? Like, he, no. he's trying to be no, good-natured I, about it. He's just agree. not doing it well. Um, but that still makes the movie feel really mean to Mantis, especially when she gets hit with the rock. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. Mantis is this movie's punching bag. Um, but it, I don't necessarily feel that she's... Drax's punching bag in the same way that like the movie just seems to hate Mantis. Um, yeah. So like there is definitely a fair criticism of the movie in that. That's fair. Yes, I I agree with you there for sure. Um, and I I I do believe that I think that I don't know. It, I I feel like we're gonna see obviously more from this character. Um, I, I think she's even in. Uh, infinity war right yep. so yep um, i mean she's one I, of the I guardians have, of the galaxy now exactly so i have every intention to see her get a little bit of screen time in infinity war certainly not a lot right where i i don't think you know she's not going to share the same screen time as really any of the other guardians probably but certainly when when guardians 3 comes around i'm i am hopeful that she gets a lot more to do yeah. in that movie because I like the character. I think she's a really interesting character, um, and yeah, yeah, it is. You don't feel super great when the movie just constantly, yeah, punches her down. Yeah, and literally at one point punches her down with a giant rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly, and this is like tangent to Infinity War again. I saw it reported today that um, uh, in the when Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes around, it looks like they're planning to shuffle the importance of the characters a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, it sounds like they're planning to downplay Peter and bring Gamora to the front as, like, the primary, like, the main character on which the movie is focused. 
I, I would be complete. I, yeah. I would love I would love to see uh, Guardians movie more focused on Gamora and focused on Rocket. Like at some point, I would assume that we're gonna get like a proper backstory for Rocket. Yeah, maybe in three. I I would assume. I don't know something. I feel like he needs something to to he, he give needs, us a yeah he he needs um like catharsis for his issues <laughs> he really does um, like it like they've come through in both of these movies and while I'm sure that we won't really dive too much into it with Infinity War like yeah this character needs some closure when it comes to his past yeah I'm um, I'm just a little worried that like. A, if we dive too much into his past, it'll, like, undo the mystery of the character, which is part of his appeal. Um, And B, I mean, I I trust the writers of these movies implicitly to do interesting things, but I worry just in terms of, like, Rocket's character that if we we get there too early (laughs) and before he has enough character development that it will be a regressive step for the character. Like he'll, he'll just go and murder all the people. If he hasn't already just go and murder all the people that made him who he is. And and he'll get the wrong kind of closure out of it. Yeah. I mean that like, that's just, I mean, that's just lazy storytelling yeah right? like so if, so if, like as i say I, I trust the writers to do something more interesting than that but it just it worries me that 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 what might we what get. we would end up might be what we would end up with that's fair i mean it, it's it's pretty interesting to there was the um the telltale uh guardians game mm-hmm. um which i played and enjoyed and you like in that uh they give the 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 whole rocket backstory in that at least for you know that version of this story right um it's not canon with mcu by any means but um it's cool like i i liked it 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 gave me that sort of i mean it gives him that closure and it it also gives the the viewer that closure right like you want you you like this character you want to see this character at peace you want to see this character accept where they are in life and if if you know getting getting a little bit of backstory on that is what it takes and i would i would like to get it yeah so we'll see yep um other i mean so uh, apart from i i think there was a a huge amount right not a huge amount but there was definitely a, a character difference when it came to drax um to be honest rocket quill and gamora i i don't actually think they had a tremendous amount more growth than they did in over the first movie certainly at least not from like like in between like they're they're all very similar to where they were at the end of the last movie yeah um and obviously there's you know they they each have their their story arc obviously quill with his dad and that's the main focus of the movie gamora with her sister and and that whole craziness with nebula which is um more or less resolved by the end of this movie um you know mm-hmm. it's still not like they're still not best friends but at they're least not they're trying not to trying murder to each other actively murder each other which is nice um i really loved uh you know i really loved this the you know rocket and yondu uh you know together in the cell was a was a fun scene with sending off you know <laughs> Groot to get the baby Groot to get the the fin which which was a great scene but the scene on the spaceship where you know he they have that sort of like pretty heavy conversation about you know you are me yes like yeah uh which is great 
uh and and i thought that was a really good story and then obviously i mean um uh yondu's sort of arc in this film was pretty like honestly probably the biggest yeah in terms of sort of like impact and and character and wow these like this movie actually you know killed somebody of importance Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i didn't think we did this but okay neat um which was pretty cool yeah so it's a good movie it's a very good movie movie. it is a very good movie um you got anything else that you'd like to to chat about with this movie any Mm -hmm. other like favorite scenes so for me the one that uh i i did not forget about and just was like yeah is when is is during that scene where nebula uh is chasing after her after gamora in the ship Mm -hmm. as she arrives on on ego's planet and gamora heads into the cave she flies the ship in there uh, and she gets sort of wedged in between, and Gamora picks up the broken piece of the gun <laughs> and, and hot wires it. it on, just hot throws it on her shoulder, and literally one handed hot wires the, the the thing, yeah, and just starts letting it loose. And I was like, that is that is so cool, yeah. Like, goddamn, that is a great scene. It, it is a great scene on a couple of levels. I think Lindsay Ellis did a video about Guardians of the Galaxy two, where like her thesis on that scene is like you know a lot of this movie is about family fights and setting them in a space opera setting and it's like you know most family fights don't devolve to this and cuts to a shot of of gamora with the gun it's like but family fights feel like this and (laughs) uh like yeah like that scene is great it's it is a like the sisters are having a spat they're just doing it on a, like super heroic space operatic scale um yeah. and and you know they they resolve it and you know their their family ties come through the the tension that they're involved in at that point um and like that it is a great scene like that's a really good scene um yeah that's actually know. just really just really quickly that's a good um uh i, I don't know for it it almost kind of feels like we're going to I like getting into the habit of being like you if you if if you like this podcast you should go watch this media I've linked you to Wisecrack in the past in the past yeah. and a few other videos um you just mentioned the Lindsay Ellis video yeah. um it's called the complex feels of, of Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy V2 yeah. um it's about 7 months old it's 35 minutes long it is well worth oh yeah uh your your watch and if you aren't just watching uh, Lindsay Ellis in general uh, I highly recommend that you go over and subscribe to her YouTube channel. Yeah, um, she is uh, One of... currently uh, currently in the midst of doing a uh, a retrospective look back at the Hobbit series. Oh yeah, um, which is phenomenal. Like if it, there there's two videos so far, they're like combined over an hour long, but they're great, and you should watch them. And you should just and you should just be watching Lindsay. Yeah, and there's a third one on the way, and you should just be watching Lindsay uh hands down oh yeah one of the, i mean uh, one of the best sort of movie uh like celebrating movie yeah. not just shitting all over no, movie ab- like a lot of the absolutely YouTube channels do. she is one of if not the best um like long form uh film video essayists currently working <laughs> i'm telling mikey you said that he's not number one mikey's also really this is why i said if not <laughs> don't make me choose 
but yeah, my Mikey like and, and Lindsay, yeah. My my three are basically like Lindsay Ellis and Mikey Newman and Dan Olson. Um, like yep. between the three of them, there's always something interesting to learn or to to understand, like to look at a movie in a new way. Um, it, they're they're all fantastic. I agree. All right. Um, any last minute? I don't know. What are we on to now? Want to talk about goofs? I mean, yeah, let's talk about some goofs. There are a lot of goofs in this movie. I don't. I mean, yes, there are a tremendous amount of goofs yeah. in this one. <laughs> um, there, there are a lot of goofs in this one. I'm gonna make some weird shit. Um, what else? Oh man, too many goofs to even think about. Um, oh, just in terms of favorite scenes, I really like the opening. Sorry, I'm rolling back, but the opening scene is great. Um, it is very good. just just in terms of like setting up the the whole family theme even and the like parenting themes because everybody like it, I don't remember who it was again probably Lindsay Ellis it was um, like, you were about to say talking that everybody about that has everybody parent... gets their parenting moment yes in it, that, which is, is, that like, is Lindsay awesome um and like but that whole scene is great it you know it, it feels it sets the tone for the movie in much the same way that the opening scene of the first one did you get the like the musical dancey bit that's fun and lighthearted at the beginning but it sets the whole movie up um and yeah like, it sets it, up character dynamics and so on really really well at the beginning of this movie to give you a like strong grounding in where we're launching yeah, it, from it, it does a, a, a phenomenal job of being like hey you remember the first one of these you remember uh, you know the look of it. Do you remember how it sounded? How it felt? How all these characters interacted with one another? Here it is in f- like three minutes. Yeah. Right. And and it is easily one of the best in terms of sequels when it comes to sequels and in terms of reminding you of what this movie is following. Right. Uh, it does a phenomenal job of just yeah telling you that story and reminding you of of where you are and what we're doing here mm-hmm. uh, in this just fantastic little segment. Uh, that's, I mean, a lot of people would just write it off, right? Like a lot of people would just be like, uh, it's just a funny little goofy thing. They're fighting a big monster, but there is a lot going on in that scene. And as you know, you talking about the parenting moments and, and how these characters interact with one another. Um, just, you know, even just little things like, in terms of goofs, like some of the first lines of dialogue are like, what, you have a gun? Yeah. I thought I did the gun thing and you did the sword thing. And it's just like, it's just the little things like that that go a long way to be like, oh, yeah, right. We're going to watch a Guardian yeah. movie, which is, which I, is I, cool. I'm, I just love that it's like that is not even just a goof. Like it plays like a goof, but it's actually a character moment. Right. Sure. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the same with uh, with Drax, like jumping into the monster and like trying to kill it from the inside and then bursting out and like, I have single handedly slain the beast <laughs> is like, yeah. yeah, that's, that's a goof, but it's also a but, character moment. <laughs> yeah. He, he truly, truly believes he just did that. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. What about the, uh, the Hasselhoff goof? That's a pretty good goof. Hasselhoff goof was good. I think my favorite Hasselhoff one in the whole movie is, um, when the the last sovereign guy is piloting the drone and like everybody is crowded around him and then he blows up and it's like you suck <laughs> and they yeah, just turn around just, and walk away feel, and he just sits there. I feel like his burn. name is Eric or something. Yeah. I, I can't remember. It's like you suck, Eric. Yeah, it's just such just, a little like such a great little moment. Um, I I love the way that they set the sovereign up as well. 
um you like you get this sense that they're they're this very serious uh race of of beans uh and they don't like like even smiling is outside of their wheelhouse yeah and then you see them all like when they go off in their unmanned fleet just like they're like basically playing an arcade game kind of thing yeah um yeah it's very like it's it's very similar to like it's actually it reminds me of or i guess uh ready player one reminded me of that sort of setup oh yeah with where the, you had all of like these the ioi you have sixers this, yeah you have the ioi sixers this giant corporation of just you know unnamed people other than eric of course uh you know just doing this one person's bidding from you know the the comfort of your of your uh massive facility which is yeah i just love it yeah i thought that was fun yeah it's really good i also i also like how um sort of like haggard aisha becomes at the end of the film yes where she just like has been foiled at every turn um yeah it's just like yeah it's like okay we've taken the extremely like prim proper stuffy arrogant characters and turns out they actually have all their own internal politics and are extremely flawed in their own way and can have bad days um yeah which i i liked that quite a lot yeah um uh, I love the obviously the the scene where Rocket is explaining the bomb to Groot. Oh, of course, that's a really cute scene. It is, you know. All right, what, now I am Groot. Uh huh. I am Groot. Okay, I am Groot. No, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's, that's exactly a really the bomb. same thing you just did. <laughs> How is it even possible? Yeah, yeah. And then he I'm runs off. Of and oh, we're all gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And the, in the same scene with the, like, do you have any tape? Oh, yeah. And then it's just it's just the, the, the single one shot on, on Rocket and Groot with Quill flying around, and you hear him yelling yeah. and asking all the tape? characters for tape. I, I, and then he, I, he comes back, and it's like, of all the people here, you're the one with the nuclear yeah. bomb in your backpack. <laughs> you yeah, should have the, the tape. Have... Yeah. Um, Did you ask Nebula? It's, it's just like... like yeah. Yes. yes. No, you didn't. It's like, <laughs> look, she was sitting next to Yondu or whatever when I asked, and she didn't say anything. So, no. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's a, uh, yeah. it's a really good movie. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, do you got any like uh, any real nitpicks? Any like super nitpicky things in this one? Nah. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I I don't have anything in this one that like just gnaws at me. Um, and I mean, my nitpicks have been pretty nitpicky so far. So, but uh, there's yeah, nothing that fair. stands out to me in this I, one. I I much prefer like the real nitpicks, like or not the 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 fake nitpicks, like the like yeah, that's not really a problem. That's just you being kind of yeah, weird. The, the, <laughs> yeah. I I'm all about the nitpicks where it's like, oh, that guy wouldn't have actually drowned. His nose was above the waterline. Um, like that <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. the degree of nitpick I want to be able to achieve in every film, and this one doesn't yep. have one of those. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, here comes the fun part. Where do you rank this movie? I gotta look at the rankings. Okay. So, so I have already it's... said it's better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And so here's the fun thing for me because uh, we still need to make this change at some point. Uh, it doesn't need to be right now, but I still actually want to change where uh, the first Guardians is. Okay. On my list at some point. I'm not gonna do it yet. Okay. But you want to um, move I'm it just up? Go- I'm just I'm just going to wait, but I can tell you that I think I'm going to be moving it up. Okay. However, this one is better than the first one. Yes. Which means it's in my top seven. 
Okay. Right off the bat. I know where I'm putting this one. Okay. I'm going to talk this one through. Um, is it better than Captain America the Winter Soldier? No, it is not. Is it better than the Avengers? No, it is not. Is it better than Civil War? No. And I guess when I say is it better, I actually mean do I like it more than any right. of these movies? Uh, do I like it more than any of those three movies? No, I do not. Do I like it more than Iron Man? Uh, I Maybe? <laughs> I I definitely like it more than Age of Ultron, um, which means I think I can pretty safely put this one at number five. Okay, so you're I think you're gonna put it ahead I, of. So I put it ahead of Avengers: Age of Ultron, but behind Iron Man. I still, I, I more than anything, I just want Iron Man to stay where it is, mm. if at all possible. And I feel like it's it's not going to, but I don't want it to to drop quite yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two behind Iron Man One and ahead of Avengers: Age of Ultron, which places it number uh, six on my list. Okay. So story time. Um, turns out that you're putting it into your list relative to another film in the same place that I'm putting it in my list relative to another film. Um, specifically, I think it goes between the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron for me. Okay. Um, which actually surprises me. Um, I I didn't think I was going to go above, like, above Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah. But thinking about it and thinking of like my reaction to this film just on the podcast now, um, again, like this is an ensemble film that has a whole bunch, like basically the same number of main characters in it as Age of Ultron did. Um, But this does a better job of handling all those different plot lines and keeping them um, tied to like a primary central theme and maintaining a cohesive storyline that naturally all sort of gravitates them into the same place at the end of the film and gives them all resolution. And it does it with fewer loose ends and fewer like with less sloppy feel like a less sloppy feeling than Avengers age of Ultron has. Um, yep. I like, I really like age of Ultron, but guardians of the galaxy two is most similar to age of Ultron of all the other films on our list. And I think guardians executes on that kind of film better. Um, like I still really enjoy age of Ultron. It's, you know, I, I love that movie as I said at length on that podcast, but I think, I think guardians is a better example of that kind of ensemble film than age of Ultron is. So I think that's where it has to go for me. Um, I don't think it's better than the Avengers. No, but it's, it's, it, it, I think number four, like it takes my number four slot now. Uh, yeah, no, it takes your number. Yeah. Number five slot. Oh yeah. Number four. four, Right. Because you're, yeah. Because you have the names, right? Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's pretty impressive. For another 50 minutes. <laughs> oh, damn. Spoilers. Actually, I don't know that that's true. I have I have not considered where Spider-Man's going yet. So. I, I know exactly where Spider-Man is going. So I, I'm excited to talk about it, though. Me too. Uh, and you know what? Let's, uh, let's do that in a few minutes because we're actually going to just record Spider-Man right now. Mm-hmm. But we got to finish this podcast off. So. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week and listening. Remember, we will actually be back on Wednesday with the next episode. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday uh, for the... you, but five minutes from now for us. Yes, exactly. Um, 
So yeah, Wednesday, uh, April 18th is going to be uh, the Spider-Man episode. So uh, prepare for that. That'll be Wednesday of this week. Um, thank you everybody for uh, listening and subbing and doing all that stuff that you do when you, you listen to podcasts and YouTube videos like liking and sharing and subscribing and uh, what else do you do? Um, tell tell your mom. Make post first in the comments. Yeah, oh yeah, post first in the comments. Please, That's please true. don't post first in the comments. Yeah, not unless you're first, because then you're just a liar. Well, yeah, I mean, especially if you're not first. Exactly. Um, you can find a whole bunch of information, uh, including our Twitter links, our YouTube, pa- uh, Matt's YouTube channel and Twitch channel. Um, you can go check out uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Uh, if you wish to support us over there, it allows us to continue to do what we do here, including this podcast and all the other podcasts and, and, and crap shots and, 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 and videos and streamings and, and Commodore hustles and all sorts of stuff. We do a lot of stuff. Um, and we do it because you keep watching it and supporting us and we appreciate the crap out of it. Uh, so thank you very much. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday with some Spider-Mans. I hear they do whatever Spider-Mans can do. That's not even a little bit how that song goes. Okay, well, you can sing the song in the next episode. In fact, that's how we're going to start start the next episode. Is it? Matt's going to sing the Spider-Man song. Oh, you are bound to be disappointed, listeners. Aren't they always? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, I'm not waiting around this week. We got to record another damn podcast. And we've got like six post-credit scenes to get through. Yeah, there's so many in this movie. I, I mean, I don't even so, remember okay. them all. Okay, so next one or first one up, I'm going off of the Wikipedia page. So if I screw any of this order up, it's their fault. Cool. So first one, Craglin takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow and control Finn. It, it it's neat. It's it's setting up the fact that uh, James Gunn or Sean Gunn's character of Craglin will probably play a bigger role in the third guardians movie uh and then they throw in the little goof of him accidentally uh, stabbing uh, yes drax stabbing drax which you know that's always good um but i i personally i'm excited for this uh i i really like that character i really like sean gunn um if you are a fan of uh gilmore girls you will have known and loved sean gunn for many years uh like i have uh and i'm really excited to to see him continue to grow this character in this series of films because I just think he's a cool character and, and I like him a lot. So that is the first one. Yes. Then we get into uh, the big reu- the big reunion with the Ravagers, which we talked about uh, at the very beginning of the episode. Um, so we have, who do we have here? We've got um, do, 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 Stakar do, do. Ogord. Yeah. So Stakar Ogord is back and then they're there with um uh michael rosenbaum as uh martin x vin rame vin, vin rames as charlie 27 uh michelle yo as alita ogord and then um uh mainframe uh with a with an uncredited cameo voiced by miley cyrus yeah which is just tremendously weird and personally would 
think it's pretty awesome if she comes back for the actual movie, if they're going to do more with these characters in the third movie, which I assume they will. Yeah. Like, I think they got it. Seems, I, it seems kind of weird if they don't do anything, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so, so, so far we've gotten two little scenes uh, during the, the, during the cr- credits that are clearly hints at maybe what could happen in the next movie. Um, then they go into the third one, which is Groot is now a teenager. And I think the scene is just to sort of make it known now rather than have to explain it in in Infinity War that Groot is indeed growing. Yes. And that by the time Infinity War Infinity War rolls around, he's either going to still be a teenager cuz it doesn't really give any sort of timeline as to how fast Groot grows or how much time has passed between the end of the movie and where we're at while he's a teenager. Yeah. Uh, but just establishing the fact that Groot is not going to be baby Groot forever is A-OK in my book. Like, that's just smart. Yeah. According to the Wikipedia note, Gunn has said this sequence with an adolescent Groot is set, quote, years after the ending of the film, uh, with the character appearing in the same state in Avengers Infinity War. Interesting. So, okay. I, I'm not going to get into the timeline. That's too confusing. We got one more. We've got uh, we have Aisha. two more. Do we have two we more? We do have two more. Sorry. Aisha is the next one. Oh, I, okay. And this is yeah, the big, sure. like, world-building one. This is Yeah, this is the big world-building one, and then there's the other cute one. But, yes, you're right. Okay. So, you, we've got we've got a, uh, a, a exhausted and annoyed Aisha um, just feeling unbelievably defeated, um, thinking, all right, what are we going to do? I know. I'm going to create the ultimate being, and I'm going to name him Adam. And this is, of course, a reference to uh, Marvel character Adam Warlock. Yep. um, And presumably uh, who we will be uh, meeting in Guardians 3. Yes. We have heard from the word of God that he is not going to be in Infinity War. Yes, so um, that's just that's the big one, right? Like uh, Craglin taking up Yondu's arrow, and the and the fin is just sort of like a. I assume this is where we're gonna go, and and all the Ravagers, uh, Ravagers. I assume this is where where we're gonna go. But this like this big nod to Adam Warlock is like okay, this is this is obviously where we're gonna go with this next film. So everybody can look forward to that. And then finally, good lord. <laughs> Um, we had a very brief look at this, uh, scene during, uh, Rocket and Yondu and Groot's, uh, and, uh, Craglin's, like, however many jumps, jumps they do. Yeah. yeah, it's just, like, that stupid one-off, like, you know, what are you doing? Normal human beings can't even deal with, like, 20 jumps, and you're about to do 700, and it's a funny scene, um, but they, they fly past uh, our good friend Stanley. Yeah, in a spacesuit. In a spacesuit, chatting with uh, Watchers. Yeah, I I love the quote during that scene as well, just because, like, if if you're paying attention to what he's saying as the flyby happens, he's like, and then the next time I was working for FedEx. FedEx, yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, apparently they're sort of, like, nodding to the fact that it is actually the same Stan Lee 
yes. in every cameo, which yeah. I like. That's a good little bit. That is a very good um, little bit. So. But then, of course, at the end, he's like, "All right, so can I get a, can I get a lift home?" As they all turn <laughs> yeah. around and leave, he's like, "Oh, but yeah, but how am I going to get out of here, guys?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. So yeah, and then that's it. God, there was a lot. There's five. Yeah, and like all really good ones. Yeah, good job, Marvel. You get uh, uh, a minus on the post credit, mid credit, just after the end credit scene. What would have gotten them an A plus? I don't Literally know. Literally appending probably, another Marvel movie to the end of their first Marvel movie. No, that's you're probably right. This is probably an A plus. I don't yeah. know why I'm giving them a hard time. Yeah, it's like the A plus is where you go to see Guardians two, and the post credit scene is literally it's Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians three. Three. Could you imagine if they pulled that off? <laughs> oh my god that would be the most incredible thing of all time it's like oh by the way here's the next one yeah not only did you save yourself 14 bucks uh we kept this a secret enjoy yeah <laughs> not only did we film these back to back we played them back to back too yeah, yeah exactly all right that is actually going to do it uh join us next week nope that's a lie join us later this week <laughs> for spider-man homecoming woo okay Okay, okay, goodbye. Bye.